It's got my mind on you And everywhere I turn is a reminder Ministries and Intimate Local Christian Church with a worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Thanks for listening to this Bible lesson. Imagine, if you can, a 38-year-old woman making $14,000 a year, raising four children under the age of 11 alone, two of those kids under the age of two, with two divorces under her belt, living in a neighborhood where her daily worry was whether her children would get home alive. When she died, among the possessions she left behind was a Bible. And although not many of the pages were wrinkled, one section of the Bible had obvious wear and tear, and it was Psalm 37, written by King David, which she used as a nightly prayer to bring calm to her soul because she was raising her children in a ghetto neighborhood fraught with danger. Let's listen to this 40-verse psalm in which the Lord tells his children the way he works for them. Psalm 37.1 Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because the man who carries out wicked schemes, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Psalm 37.10 In a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. You will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees the wicked man's day coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy and to slay those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. Psalm 37, 16. 
better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord sustains the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and that's believers in Christ, and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine they will have abundance. Psalm 37, 20. But the wicked will perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pastor, like smoke, they vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. For those blessed by the Lord will inherit the land, but those cursed by the Lord will be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and the Lord delights in his way. When the righteous man falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Psalm 37, 25. I, King David, have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his descendants begging for bread. All the day long, the righteous man is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. Those are believers in Christ. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked, unbelievers, will be cut off. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-nine: The righteous will inherit the land, and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. Psalm 37, 31. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. Psalm thirty-seven, thirty-five. I have seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he couldn't be found. Psalm thirty-seven, thirty-seven. Mark the blameless man, believers, mark the blameless man, that's believers in Christ, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have a posterity. Psalm 37, 38. But transgressors, those are unbelievers, will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off. Psalm 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in times of trouble. In the last verse, Psalm 37, 40, the Lord helps them and delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. That was my mother's prayer. And I was the child she worried about most, even though I was not her favorite child. When we read this, we marvel at the Lord. He kept his promise to my mom, and he delivered me from one of the worst situations anyone could grow up in. And it took a long time to rid my soul of the fear that gripped it <clears throat> all my childhood days. 
I thank the Lord for loving me, forgiving me, for delivering me. And I can't wait to see my mom again in heaven so I can thank her for her faithfulness in making sure that my foundation for life was solid. When you see me, you see my mom. She was a woman of determination and resolve and refused to let her circumstances dictate her life. She trusted the Lord, and he came through for her, just like he is coming through for each of us every day. Today's Bible lesson, do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Well, the Judaizers invaded the churches in Galatia, the spiritual home of new believers in Christ. Their goal was to shipwreck the faith of these new believers. The Judaizers encouraged these new believers to go from freedom to slavery, from New Testament to Old Testament, from grace back to the Mosaic law, from faith to works, from being guided by God the Holy Spirit to being, being guided by the flesh, from unhappy to unhappy, from spiritually wealthy to spiritually poor. Why would anyone want to do that? The believers in Galatia fell for their deception hook, line, and sinker. They were completely duped by this counterfeit lifestyle. Who is at the source of this deception? Is it the Judaizers? Hardly. In today's lesson, we'll trace this deception back to its source, the enemy of God, Satan. Well, let's hear some music. The main message of Paul's letter to the Galatians is captured in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, which says, It was for freedom that Christ set us believers in Christ free. Therefore, keep standing firm in freedom and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. June Murphy captures this sentiment in her song, Calling You to Freedom.
grateful heavenly father for the privilege of studying your absolute truth the word of god father thank you for loving us unconditionally during those rare times when we get out of our heads and into our feelings about your love for us it's completely overwhelming to feel just how much you love us it's amazing to see that you would send your son our lord and savior jesus christ to die for us when we were your enemies It's a privilege to be your adopted sons and daughters. As we continue to learn about false teachers and false teaching, remind us of the source. Remind us that we have an enemy who wants to rob us of freedom and joy and who sends emissaries to shipwreck our spiritual lives. We count on you to protect us from our enemies. We rest in confidence, knowing that you are completely sufficient in every way. And we know you have provided exactly what we need to weather every storm. Help us to keep you at the top of our consciousness. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Today's Bible lesson, do you like slavery more than you like freedom? 
Do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Well, for most Christians, the answer is yes. It's really easy to slip into a state of spiritual lethargy. You know what that is, right? Oh, another Bible lesson. Oh, I wonder what I hear about today. Uh, probably false teachers and false teaching again. We've been learning this for six months. When are we going to get something new? It's a mental laziness that we get as Christians. It's easy for us to point at others and say, boy, you know, they don't know what they're missing because they aren't learning the Word of God. Aren't I special? Well, it, it's really easy to forget that when we display that air of superiority, we're being legalistic. It's easy to slip into arrogance as Christians, thinking that Christianity is run by our intellect instead of thinking that God runs Christianity. We're content in our knowledge. We're like squirrels gathering knowledge like nuts and stuffing them in our cheeks and burying them in various places and thinking that we're some kind of a special Christian just because we know stuff. But that's not the essence of what Christianity really is. And when we get all knowledgey about anything, I mean, about Christianity, about any subject, and we pride ourselves in all that we know, we secretly start lording it over others who don't know as much as we do about God and His Word. We completely miss that our illusion of wisdom, independence, and control is nothing more than the legalism that we detest. The Judaizers in first century Galatia were offering this lifestyle of legalism to the new believers in Galatia by perverting the gospel message. And it's not the false teachers that were battling, it's their masters that were battling. And the Bible gives us warnings all over the place about the source of legalism and lies. There are demons, evil spiritual beings that stand between man and God. False teachers under demon influence stand between man and God. The Galatian believers turned from dependence on God the Holy Spirit to dependence on themselves on false teachers, on false teaching, on demons, and on the doctrines of demons. And this practice is commonly referred to as apostasy. Let's look at some of the biblical warnings about being sucked into apostasy. And there are tons of them. And if I had listed them all, that would be the whole lesson. So let's just look at the ones that some of the most prominent ones. First Timothy chapter 4 Verse 1, God the Holy Spirit explicitly says that in every generation, some believers in Christ will fall away from the faith, instead paying attention to deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders to mislead, if possible, even the elect, and of course we know it, the elect are believers in Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12 says this, Finally, be strong in union with the Lord, believers in Christ, and reside in the strength of His might. Ephesians six eleven, Pick up and put on the full armor of God, 
so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6.12 For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against human beings. Our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this spiritual darkness. Our struggle is against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. In this case, it means against Christ. In the next age, it'll mean a person who is actually the Antichrist. But in this age, it means this is the spirit of those who are against Christ, of which you have heard that it's coming, and now it's already in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verses 5 and 6 say this, Even if there are so-called gods with a small g, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, yet for us believers in Christ there is but one God, the Father, from whom are the source of all things, and we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, by whom we are, by whom are created all things, and we exist through our union with Him. First Corinthians chapter ten verse twenty: The things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to become sharers in demons. Believers enjoy being in bondage to demons and demon doctrines and being in bondage to the law. And they want to show God that they are worthy of his blessings. However, we will never be worthy of God's blessings no matter what we do. One of the many things to love about the police is that they are always on the alert, almost to a fault. Almost to a fault, meaning they sometimes can't even turn it off. Believers in Christ should be so smart. We aren't. We're casual, spiritual lethargy. We're casual as if no enemy of God wants to ruin what's important to us. Well, these Galatian believers were Gentiles. Before Christianity, before they became Christians, they were pagans and idolaters. By believing in Christ, we were freed from this bondage, and now they want to go back to it. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11 says this, like a dog that returns to its vomit. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dog do that, where they spit up and then they go and eat it again. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. So let's see what the Apostle Paul has to say next to the Galatian believers in the first part of Galatians chapter 4. Verses 1 to 20. You don't like that uh, vomit verse, huh, Denny? Vivid. I, well, it is vivid. I, I imagine that in our, in our session afterward, 
John Miller's going to tell me he didn't like it either. So, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm ready for you guys. I got, I brought a can of vomit to show you what it looks like if you didn't get the pungence of that. All right, so Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Here's what it says. Now I, Paul, say, as long as the heir is a child, he doesn't differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. Galatians 4.3. So also we believers in Christ, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the Mosaic law, so that he might redeem those who were under the Mosaic law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Galatians 4.6 Because you are sons, God the Father has sent forth God the Holy Spirit of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into our hearts, crying, Abba, which is Hebrew for Father. Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, as a believer in Christ, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, and of course you are, then you're an heir through God the Father. Galatians 4, 8. However, at that time when you were an unbeliever, when you did not know God the Father, you were slaves to those who were by nature no gods. You were pagans and idol worshipers. Galatians 4.9 But now that you have come to know God the Father, or even better, now that we are known by God the Father, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Galatians 4.10, you observe days and months and seasons and years. Galatians 4.11, I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. Galatians 4.12, I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You've done me no wrong, Galatians 4.13, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you for the first time. Galatians 4.14 And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you didn't despise or loathe, but you received me as if I were an angel of God, as you would have received Christ Jesus himself. Galatians 4.15 Where then is that sense of blessing you have? For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Galatians 4.16 So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? Galatians 4.17 The Judaizers eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out from me so that you will seek them. Galatians 4.18 But it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I'm present with you. Galatians 4.19, my children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. But I could wish to be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Well, when we return from the break, we'll take the offering and then we'll examine this phenomenal passage verse by verse. 
What is the Apostle Paul saying to the Galatian believers now? We'll see right after the break. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell
Welcome back. Today's Bible lesson, do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Well, when we give the gospel message to unbelievers, they give to us by listening attentively. It's one of the most gratifying experiences in life when an unbeliever really wants to hear the gospel message. The gift of listening is the gift of intimacy. Luke chapter 8, verse 8 exhorts, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what God the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. When you give to Barah Ministries, you make it possible for us to give the gospel message to people all over the world through the internet. And people are listening. Thank you for supporting this ministry with your generosity. Your unselfish giving is a reflection of our God, and it gives people around the world a chance to respond positively to a life-giving gospel message, which is the salvation offer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's welcome up Deacon Denny Goodall with one of his always inspiring offering messages. Hawkeyes, they got beat up pretty bad by the Nittany Lions, and I knew by pretty much by half that the game was over. And then I was telling them, you know, like in poker, there's the royal flush. If you have that in your hand, you pretty much know you've won, unless they're lucky, maybe the odd chances of a tie or something. But you know you've won. And I was thinking sports and poker, like this isn't very good examples for a child. <laughs> so I was trying to think of other things. You know, you have, there's like an exam in your life or a test. And if you've studied enough for that test, you're prepared. You know you're ready for it. You're not even worried. But if you haven't studied and you haven't prepared thoroughly, then you know you're, you're probably going to be a little sketchy on it. And so in the same way, I was trying to teach him ways to know that he, had, he, he can know the victory. Because for us, we know the Word of God is our victory. And we can see in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, for, what, for whatever is born of God and overcomes, and overcomes the world. Or, I'm sorry, let me start over. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and is the victory that, and, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I was reading a different version, so I'm a little off of it. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so we can have faith in the Bible, and we can have faith in this ministry. I feel like each week we put a lesson forward, and we can have faith in Pastor Rory doing a lesson and setting up a lesson. We might skip a couple times in October for me to get to on fall break, but we're going to have lessons. We'll do lessons before and after, and we'll post them. And that's what God will do. He always provides, and we know we can always provide. And so by giving at the offering, we give you the chance to provide for others so that they can have a relationship with Christ and so they can know the dedication that this ministry has for them and that God has for them. So thank you very much. Thank you. 
song so much today's bible lesson do you like slavery more than you like freedom do you like slavery more than you like freedom so let's get into depth uh, on this next passage that begins at galatians chapter 4 and we'll start with verses 1 to 3 it says this now i paul say as long as the heir is a child He doesn't differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. Galatians 4.2 But he's under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father. Galatians chapter 4 verse 3 So also we believers in Christ, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Paul's using an analogy here. An heir who is a child will grow up and get an inheritance. Think about King Charles and Princess Diana's children, Prince William, the Prince of Wales, and Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. They are second and third in the line of succession to the British throne. They were born heirs, but as children, they are no different than the slaves who served them. They're being groomed under a set of rules, a set of laws, the do's and don'ts of life, just as all children are raised, either by their parents or by the society in which they live. The heirs, as children, are under subjection to guardians and trustees who look after their estate and their assets. Heirs own everything, the inheritance, but they're no better off than slaves when they're minors. So it is with believers in Christ. When we come to believe in Christ, we become heirs. Yet we begin as minors under trustees, and the trustees are God's commands, laws, rules, regulations, the elemental things of the world. The laws that manage our lives, the do's and don'ts, are loveless and ritualistic. But on the 18th birthday, the heir's life changes. Managers and restrictions disappear, and heirs come into the fullness of the inheritance. And all of a sudden, they can access their assets. What sense does it make for heirs to go back to the time when there was no access to the funds of their inheritance? That's what the Judaizers were inviting the Galatian believers to do. Go back 
to the time when you were under the rules and under the law. Abandon your freedom so that you can now be back in slavery. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 are the, is the next part of the passage. It says this, When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the Mosaic law, so that the Lord might redeem those who were under the Mosaic law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Did you wake up this morning thinking about that? Did you believers in Christ wake up this morning thinking you were adopted sons of the living God? I guarantee you did not. God the Father set the date when the freedom bearer, the Lord, Jesus, the Christ, would come to redeem us, purchasing us from slavery to rules, to the law, to managers, and to trustees. And one of the things that hit me out of the blue one day is there is a life beyond good and bad. There's a life beyond right and wrong. There's a life beyond do's and don'ts. There's a life beyond the rules. And I know that that thought came directly from God the Holy Spirit. He never wanted us to live under that slavery. When Jesus came, the majority of the people on earth lived in the Roman Empire, and that was a place that was fabulous in every way. It had paved roads. You've heard the saying, all roads lead to Rome. They were talking about paved roads that lead to Rome. Rome was the center for commerce. It was a place everyone wanted to be. Because Rome had the most dominant military force, there was a period of time known as Pax Romana, which is a Latin expression meaning the peace of Rome. Because the Roman army was so dominant, they in, enforced a peace. And really, that's what they were, the only thing that they were interested in. If you remember Pontius Pilate, all he cared about in the matter of the Jews, is that they didn't start an uprising. He just wanted to keep the peace. So this was a very stable time in history, and it was a time when the gospel had its greatest impact. The Lord, God the Son, came to earth as Jesus, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, to give us full rights to our inheritance. He is a fully righteous human being, and he fulfilled the law. And he was born of a woman so that he could identify with us. He was sinless so he could talk to us about sin. He came to save us. He was amazing. The next part, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons as believers in Christ, God the Father sent forth God the Holy Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, which is Hebrew for Father. Since we believers in Christ are indwelled by God the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit's power, we can shriek with excitement as we lay our eyes on our dad. Abba! If you weren't a believer in Christ, that would mean nothing to you. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, as believers in Christ, you are no longer a slave. You are a son. And if you are a son, and of course you are, then you are an heir through God the Father. 
Why did God the Father give us God the Holy Spirit? Because we are sons. We are adopted. We are related to Christ. The Lord pulled us out of a spiritual death spiral, and our nature was changed. We became a new creation. And now we have fire insurance. We aren't going to the lake of fire. We have fire insurance. We are not targets of God the Father's wrath. We are not condemned. We are saved. And the gift God has given us is not intellectual. He redeemed us from the grave. We've gone from being sinners to being saints. We've, been, we've gone from being sinners to being sons. And now, we want to obey the law because of the enabling power of God the Holy Spirit. Now, we want to keep the Lord's commands, and we can keep the commands out of love of God rather than out of obligation. By the way, Denny, don't think I didn't notice that you didn't mention my Northwestern Wildcats who beat Minnesota yesterday. Don't think I didn't notice that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's their second win. Two is more than none, ain't it? That's all right. Penn State, bring them on. Wildcats eat lions for lunch. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. However, at that time, when you didn't know God the Father, you were slaves to those who by nature are no God small g, through demon influence, people manufacture gods to worship. Roman Catholics worship saints and statues. Depending on whom you listen to, the Hindus have 33 gods and goddesses. How do you pick the one to worship? The Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints members see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as three beings with different powers. They don't see them as co-equal, co-infinite, and co-eternal like Christians do, but they call themselves Christians. And each of these entities, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, either is lesser or greater than the other. Now, is this the truth? No, it's just beliefs. Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. But now that you have come to know God the Father, or rather, and even better, you become, you've come to be known by God the Father. How is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Thus the title of today's lesson. Do you like slavery more than you like freedom? Yes, you do. Slavery is more predictable than responsibility. Galatians chapter 4, verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. The Judaizers contend that anyone who doesn't follow the rituals of Judaism is not saved. Sabbath, new moon celebrations, tabernacles, Passover. When Jewish kids reach 12 years old, the male children have a bar mitzvah. They become sons of the law. That's what bar mitzvah means. The female children have a bat mitzvah. mitzvah. They become daughters of the law. Now, there are 612 laws in the Mosaic law. 
How can they remember 612 laws, much less follow them? The law puts its followers under condemnation. Believers in Christ graduate from sons of the law to sons of God. Next, Paul makes a pastor's lament. Galatians chapter 4, verse 11. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. Paul wonders, did I waste my time with you? I wonder the same thing sometimes. Is all the work for nothing? Well, now that you are known by God, why do you want to go back to slavery? Now that God has given you freedom, why do you want to go back to slavery? Are you looking in the rearview mirror? Are you trying to impress God? It's foolish to go backwards. Once you are born of the Spirit, you are perfected by grace. Do you want to go from being spiritually rich to being spiritually poor again? That's what Paul is asking the Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for also I have become as you are. You've done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you for the first time. Galatians 4.14 And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you didn't despise or loathe, but you received me as if I were an angel of God, as you would have received Christ Jesus himself. Paul's being encouraging here. He implores them to be the Christians he is, someone who has exited the rituals and the law, because Paul was a Jew of Jews. But he left all those rules and regulations and laws and rituals behind to enjoy the freedom from God and the unconditional love of God. Paul ends this passage by expressing that he is perplexed. Galatians chapter 4, verses 15 to 20 say this, Where then is that sense of blessing you have? For I bear witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Galatians 4.16 So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? Galatians 4.17 The Judaizers eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they want to shut you out from me so that you will seek them. Galatians 4.18 But it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I'm present with you. Galatians 4.19 My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you, but I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Do moms want to go back to the pain of labor after the baby is born? Hardly. Paul's plea, I'm begging you, go back to the way it was when I met you. Nothing's changed on my end. I don't know what has happened to you. Why did you change? How did I become the bad guy? That's what Paul is asking the believers at Galatia. When they met, Paul was sick. Yet the Galatians became believers and welcomed him. It was a trial for them to care for Paul with his high fever and something wrong with his eyes. It was a lot of work to help him. Yet they did it with so much joy 
they almost wanted to pluck their own eyes out and give them to Paul. Then everything changed. What changed? Satan sent his demon army to ruin the joy of these new believers, to steal their freedom, to invite them back into slavery. And he does the exact same thing with believers in Christ today. And the question you need to ask is, is he succeeding with you? The Judaizers were courting the Galatians, flattering them. But the wooing was a trap so that the Judaizers would get to steal congregations for an evil purpose. You're invited not to go from sonship to slavery. You're invited to remember that you are heirs of the inheritance. You're invited to value all the Lord has done for you. Don't be foolish. Don't get bewitched as these believers in Galatia were. Well, the closing moments of our lesson today could be the ten most important minutes of your life. We want you to know that God wants you. What does God want from you? He wants you to make the most important decision of your life. Even if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you still matter to God. He created you, so you're one of his creatures, and he wants the highest and best for you. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow about his promise of salvation, as some accuse him of. Instead, he is patient toward unbelievers, not wishing for any to perish in the lake of fire, but for all to come to repentance, which is a voluntary change of mind, about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The bad news is that all of us are born into a state of unrighteousness. We are born physically alive and spiritually dead as ungodly, unrighteous unbelievers. We're born on Satan's team. It's not our fault, but it is our circumstance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, All in union with Adam at physical birth, and that's every human being who comes to earth, are set to die the second death in the lake of fire. To God's enemy, Satan, the ruler of this world, you don't matter at all. 1 Peter chapter, eight, chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Be of sober spirit and be on the alert, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You are the someone on Satan's list. Satan despises you so much that he doesn't want you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be with God in heaven when you close your eyes in this life. Instead, he wants you to be with him in the lake of fire. And he wants you so badly that he sends false teachers with false teaching to deceive you. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, the Lord himself warns us about this. He says, Beware of false teachers who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. When an animal is ravenous, it has an insatiable desire to tear you apart. So it is with false teachers who pretend to be for you, yet truly they want you to be twice the sons of hell as they are. This gospel message offers good news to rescue you from the kingdom of death and darkness you were born into 
and inviting you to be born again to the spiritual life available to God's kingdom of light. You can choose to be on God's team. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 highlight Jesus' mission concerning you. God the Father loved the world unconditionally, and he loved the world so much that he gave his uniquely born son, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be crucified on a cross, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but has eternal life. John 3.17 For God the Father did not send God the Son, the Lord, into the world to judge the world, But the Father sent the Son into the world that the world might be saved through him. God wants you to respond positively to the good news of this gospel message so that he can save you. Well, who is this God that saves you? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say this, I, the Apostle Paul, delivered to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received from God that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. If a gospel message makes it sound like you have to work to get to heaven, it is a false gospel message from a false teacher. Romans chapter 11 verse 6 says you don't have to work to be saved. If salvation is by grace, which is a free gift from God, and of course it is, it's no longer based on your works. Otherwise, grace as a free gift is no longer grace. It's not free. In fact, Romans chapter 4, verse 4 says you can't work for salvation. Now to the one who works for salvation, his wage for his work is not credited to his account as a favor from the grace of God but his wage is credited as what is due for the work. Your hardest work is not perfect enough to earn you a spot in heaven. So relax. You can get to heaven when you close your eyes in this life free of charge. Acts chapter 16 verse 31 says this, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved by God. You and everyone in your household who also believe. John chapter 3, verse 36 contains an invitation and a warning. It says, he who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. If you choose, you can spend eternity with God's enemy, Satan, in the lake of fire. Or, You can have the free gift of eternal life right this minute. Right where you sit right now, God can save you if you let him. You can tell God the Father that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the moment of eternal life for you. In John chapter 6, verse 37, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, says, All those that God the Father gives me will come to me, And the one who comes to me for salvation, I will absolutely not cast out into the lake of fire. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 exhort you. They say this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, that he is God, 
And if you believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.10 For with the heart a person believes, resulting in the imputation of absolute righteousness by God, which is your admission ticket to heaven. And with the mouth a person confesses, admitting faith in Christ alone, resulting in salvation. Satan, the enemy of God, who is a very real being, not a concept, sends false teachers to give you a false gospel message. If you've ever had Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, they are false teachers giving you a false gospel message. If you ever had members of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints come to your door, they are false teachers giving you a false gospel message. But they seem so sincere. So how do you know that they're false teachers? Well, just ask them if they think Jesus Christ is God. Unfortunately for you, both of these groups are inviting you to spend eternity with them in the lake of fire. Neither of these groups believes that Jesus Christ is God. I have family members who are part of one of these religions, and despite my best efforts, even my family members don't want to hear the good news that God is offering them through me. The lake of fire, that place we call hell, is real. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, the Lord says this, The sons of Satan's kingdom, unbelievers, will be cast out into the outer darkness, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many parents are false teachers, leading their children to an eternity in the lake of fire. Do you want to know if you're a good parent? Just ask yourself a simple question. Are you influencing your children to have a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sovereign God of the universe. He is the only way to heaven. According to John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to the doubting apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation. I am the truth through the gospel message and the word of God. And I am the resurrection life, eternal life. And no one comes to God the Father in heaven, but through believing in me. There's no time to waste. God wants you. And if you want to go to heaven when you close your eyes in this life, simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Take his word for it concerning salvation. The resurrection life is yours, free of charge. Well, let's close with music. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, God the Father demonstrates his own unconditional love toward all mankind in that while we were sinners, while we were unbelieving, unrighteous, ungodly unbelievers, the Lord Jesus Christ died as a substitute for us. Phillips, Craig, and Dean sing How Deep the Father's Love. Father turns his face away 
as wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. Almighty God and Father, thank you for adopting us and loving us and caring for us. Let us reflect your love to everyone we meet, especially to our family members who work so hard to try our patience. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. So we'll be discussing the lesson, and we'll have prayer circle right after this lesson. Please join us live or on Zoom immediately following. Got biblical questions? Ask the pastor. Pastor at broadministries.com. Keep on studying the Word of God. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. And thanks for listening.